Okay, let's get started with this year's Parshas B'Shalach, Tov Shinayin Vav, Shabbat as we are in the major Parshios of Geula, as we already had Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, we now have Kriyas Yamsuf on our way to Maimon Har Sinai, and Matan Torah, and Binyan HaMishkan, as we know in this week's Parsha, we have the first uh, reference to Binyan HaMishkan, we have in, we say it every morning, Machon L'Shivtacha Po'alta Hashem, amazing, the first uh, rev- national revelation that they have of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They weren't Avadim uh, so uh, so long ago, and they're already thinking about Machon L'Shivtacha Po'alta Hashem. Already a base HaMikdash is on the horizon. Mm-hmm. So we start off with, let's go to Perak Yudalid, Pasuk Yudgimel. Let's start off with the Mashal of the Dubna Magid, when Moshe Rabbeinu speaks to the Am, after they are already in the difficult position, that they're at, Kriyas, they're at the Yamsuf, they don't know what's going to be. Moshe says to them, "Don't be scared." Stand up and look and see and visualize all the salvations that Hashem is going to do. Says the Dubna Magid in his classic style, in source number one, to explain the Pasuk. Be'irachas, quoted here in Bekaras L'Shabbos Onik. Be'irachas chai ashir gadol, v'lo basichida. There was a very rich man, lived in a city, and he had an a only daughter. Be'igiyaz mana panushat chanim rabim, lavia nara, patsot shonot, kimalata, and all the shatchanim, when the time came, you know, wanted to offer, I've got the best guy, I've got the best uh, lamdin, I've got the best uh, balmidos. No, I don't like him, I don't like him, I don't like him. I want to find somebody with all the milos for my, for my daughter. So finally they found a great guy. Amazing. He's perfect. He's got everything. Ella, there was only one problem. He was very, very poor. He had no money. Nothing. The usher didn't care because he had everything. So it's okay. He's, he has a Balmidos, he's a Balkishron, he has a Tamar Chacham, he has everything, that's fine. Okay, good. When the chassan came to meet his future father-in-law, he showed him all of his riches. Right, he tries to show him everything that he has. Right, there was a there was an engagement party, or at least even an Arison party. So what happens? He takes out all the all the uh, kalim. He wants to really impress his future machatonim to impress the future chasan. So he takes out the fanciest kalim and the utensils and the wine glasses and the plates. Everything unbelievable in order to make a, a great impression. The chassan wasn't used to any of it, though. He didn't realize that things were so fancy, and he didn't—he it, it didn't catch his attention because he didn't—he didn't realize what he was eating on. He just ate. He ate. Kavurzman, flight fifteen, In the middle of the meal, or after a certain amount of time, he says to his father-in-law, 
you know, I know you're a very rich man. Could I, would I be able to like see some of the fancy stuff? Could I be able to see some of the amazing treasures that you have? And the Ashir says, didn't you see what you were eating on? Didn't you see what you were using? I put it in front of your face. But the Chassan didn't realize because that's not what he was used to. He didn't recognize that there was something special in front of him because his whole mindset was not in that world. Says the Dubna Magid. B'nai Yisrael were not in the mindset of recognizing Ruchnius, of recognizing divine revelations. They hadn't had it for 200 years. They just had some makos, yes, but that was more of separation, of punishing them, but not... Christi Amtov was also that, but there was so much more, as Hashem will talk about uh, a little bit later. So says the Dubna Magad, that was what Moshe Rabbeinu was warning. There's going to be something unbelievable here? Focus on it. Realize it. Know what's about to happen. I'm warning you. Catch the magic. See what's happening. They're broken. As we spoke about a couple weeks ago, the Eben Ezra, the slave mentality that they had, which was so hard for them to get out of. And right now, half of them, what are they saying? We have to go back to Mitzrayim. We have to run away. We have to get go back. It's not, it's not worth it. They're going to kill us. Moshe says, His Yatsvu Uru'u. As Yeshua Hashem, Asher Yasa Lachem Ayom. Stand up and look. Re'u, al tasichu daitachem, habitu al anisim aniflaim. Look at the miracles, recognize them, and in that way you can appreciate everything that I am about to show you. Okay, so that's what we have to do as well. We have to be his yatsvu re'u. We have to stand up, we have to take notice of every single element, of every single nace. Life! Just think about life, but now we're focusing on the parsha. And that's our job. So now let's go back to the beginning of the parsha. Beginning of the parsha, Vayehi b'shalach paro esa'am. It was when Paro sent out the am v'lo nacham elokim derech eretz plishtim ki karofu. Hashem did not lead them, as Rashi says, lo nahagam. Hashem did not lead them the derech eretz plishtim, the way of the plishtim, the uh, through Aza, which would have been the quicker way. Kamo, right? Kikarovu. It was very close. It was. What do you mean? It was very close. Why is that a bad thing? Kikarovu. Kiamara lokim. Penina chema amberosam milchama v'shavu mitzrayma. They might get cold feet. Yes, they just saw what I did. Yes, they were there for two hundred and ten years, and it was terrible for them, and it was torturous for them. But maybe they'll want to turn around. They'll see Amalek, as we'll have to talk about, and they'll say, ah, oh, it was always better in Mitzrayim. It's such human nature. They always think, oh, wasn't it better there? Wasn't it better there? Says the Chafetz Chaim to give us a little deeper insight into the decision that a Kaddish Baruch Hu made. There are many, most of the Chafetz Chaim's Al Torah we've discussed in past years, so this one we haven't, uh, we haven't touched on though. Says the Chafetz Chaim with a message for us. When Hashem took B'nai Yisrael out of Mitzrayim, then there was a choice. Which way to take them? Either to go straight, Mitzrayim, as we know, is southwest of Eretz Yisrael. So either to go straight up 
And straight up would be, obviously, shorter. It would be through a populated area, but it would be through the Plishtim. The other way around would be through the Midbar, through the desert, which is the way we actually went. And it was a question. There was a positive and a negative which with each path. Positive and negative. The positive reason to go through the plishtim, what was positive? They're going through a populated land. They wouldn't need the mun. They would be able to get food. They'd be able to have shelter. You go through a populated area. Not only Kikarofu, but it's, it's through the area where the plishtim are. But on the other hand, but the danger is the Plishti culture. The danger is the environment that they will have to travel through. They just left Mitzrayim. And this is where they're going to come to. They'll go from one land of Tuma to another land of Tuma where the Plishtim are. Who will guarantee that they won't fall? Who says, with their Bechir Chavshis, will they want to continue to be able to go for Kabbalah Satora? So there's a positive and a negative going through the Plishtim. It's populated, it's, it's, you're going to get uh, civilized, the civilization there, but it is, it has that danger. But what about the other way? The other way, going the long way around through the midbar, right? There's no tuma there. The midbar is tahor. It's empty. It's barren. There's no foreign cultures. But in Khan, the other hand, midbar Right, it's a land without any plantation. Hashem is going to be forced to bring them on, forced to do something major. So that's a negative. Going through the midbar, so there's no spiritual dangers, but there's this physical liability. Right, how are they going to get food? Akadosh Baruch Hu says it's an easy decision. Easy decision, and this is what Hashem is teaching us through this decision. If you have a choice of the environment, the environment, how it's going to affect the neshama, there's no choice. It's an obvious answer. We put ourselves in safe environments for our neshama. We put ourselves in safe havens, even if it means it's more difficult in terms of our parnasa, in terms of what we're going to eat. There's a danger. Yes, it's easier for me, Hashem says, but that doesn't mean it's the right decision. Where are they going to get Parnassah? I'll work it out. I'll give him the mind. Right? Which what road should I take? The one that's more difficult for my Parnassah, but better for my Neshama. 
says the Chafetz Chaim many years ago. Not so many, a hundred years ago. Look, call Ela Hamocher Mezatzma Ma'avoda. She Zara Ladat Yisrael Lutarasa Vishal Parnasa. Those who take upon themselves a position in Umnis where it's going to be dangerous and threatening for their neshama. Right, says the Chavetz Chaim, whether it means oh, I'm going to be in an environment where I'm going to be pressured to work on Shabbos, as was the case in the first half of the 20th century. If it's better, what is the Hashem teaching us? There's the man. Put myself in a safer situation. After Obviously, we have to do our Ishtavos. But if for two million people... Hashem can bring down, bring down bread from heaven. Lechem abirim, alachas kama vekama, shegam lechem yuchal teis, lakomi sheyishra mitzvosa, chukosa vetarosa. If there's a choice of which job, which profession, professional uh, possibility I should take, the one that allows me to be an Orthodox Jew uh, in a more comfortable fashion. And that message is obviously even ad hayomazeh. And then he says beautifully in the footnote, on the next page on top, the footnote he mentions in source number three, the Gemara tells us in Meseches Psachim. You got it. We have to talk about this at least once in this parsha shir. The Gemara tells us top line: Kashim is onosav shel adam kriyas yamsuf. Parnasa for a person is as hard as kriyas yamsuf. And the question that all the Rishonim ask: What? It's hard for Hashem to do something. It was hard. kriyas yamsuf was a hard one. He had to work hard. Chas v'shalom. Hashem didn't have to sweat any more for Kriyas Yamsuf than he did for anything. There's no tircha. When it says Hashem rested, right, it doesn't mean that he actually rested. It's to help us understand that he stopped creating. says the Chavetz was it hard? Kashim is on Osav. So what exactly is the message? So obviously all the different pshatim of this line focuses on the vantage point of the human. It's nothing's hard mitzad Hashem. Chas v'shalom. But it's mitzad us. Ela hishtavus ha'inyanim shall kriyaz yamsuf umuzonosav shall adam. What is the connection and the equation between kriyaz yamsuf and the parnasa, the mazon of a person who ba'ofanzeh it's the following. We have to do everything we need to do for our Hishtavus. I'll sit, I'll sit home. If Hashem wants to give me food, he'll give me, he'll give me man. No, we can't say that. That's not what we do. You have to do something. So too, that's Parnasa. We have to do until a certain amount. And then the rest is up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But we have to realize, once we do that amount, the rest is coming from Hashem. That's the parallel. We have to do Adkan. What does Hashem tell Moshe? Start walking. Start walking. You start walking according to the Medrash Nachshon. He goes to a certain state and then HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes in. Or according to Moshe lifts up his arm. But either way, what's the parallel? By both by Kriyas Yamsuf and by our making a parnasa, we do our ishtavlis up until a certain point, and a Baruch Hu then meets us and 
gives bracha to our to our actions. This is it. If I think, getting back to the first half of his thought, if I think that I have to have this job, I have to have this, I have to have that, even though it's gonna it's gonna hurt me spiritually, then that's that's Kodesh Baruch doesn't want that. Kodesh Baruch says, up until this point, the rest is up to me. I shouldn't think that I have to do more than I need to do. Again, it's not always an easy decision, but this always has to be in our mind when there are various choices in front of us. Hashem will then come and give us and give us what we need. Okay. There are other pshatim of that, Kriyas Yamsov and Parnasa. You have to daven for both of the Rashbam there in Psachim says it has to do with Tfilah. Just like we have to daven for Kriyas Yamsov, we have to daven for Parnasa, right? It's not, uh, it's not natural. It's not natural. Like the Gemara says at the end of Yuma, not all the way at the end, towards the end. The Gemara says in Yuma, we've quoted this beautiful Gemara in the past. The Gemara says, why didn't the Mun fall once a year? Why the Mun fall every single day? Every morning. What, Hashem couldn't have made a nace? That we gathered it once and it didn't rot. Instead, it fell every day, and if we left over, it rotted. Why not once a day? So the Gemara says the Talmidim answers Shimon Bayachai this question. If Shimon Bayachai answers, because Hashem wants us to look at Him every day. Imagine, says the Gemara, if a father gives an allowance to a child. Now, once a year, he has all the money he needs for the year. The child's never going to see the father. Hashem wants the father. If he here's enough for today, I'll see you tomorrow. In that way, the father controls that the son comes to see him every single day. Hashem wants us to turn to him every day. That's the man, and the man is the symbol of Parnassah. Right, we have to turn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu every single day, every day to David, Baruch Aleinu. The same Talamatar, the same Bracha, the symbol of, the symbol of Parnassah. Okay. Yudalid, Yudalit. We move on. So, B'nai Yisrael are there. Paro hears, Paro hears that the Am has run away. It's amazing. Just a few psukim earlier. Leave. Everything I said is wrong. Go. Take everything you want. Just leave, leave, leave. I'm going to die. And then all of a sudden, they're, they're, they're uh, traveling. They're lost. Paro says, Oh, I got them. I can't believe we left them out. I can't believe we left Klai Yisrael leave. He takes his choice as chariots. Hashem gives a little encouragement in the heart of the heart. And Mitzrayim starts running after Klai Yisrael. Paro Hikriv, we know the Bnei Yisrael get scared. The Ananei HaKavid, the fire, all the action. Like we said before, look at the Yeshua. You will not see them again. And keep in mind, we review Kriyas Yamsuf and the whole story. We know there's a mitzvah say daraisa every day and every night of our life. We have a mitzvah to remember Yitzchak Mitzrayim. That is why we say the part, the third part of Kriyashma every day and every night. That is our kiyam of the mitzvah, the arayis of Zechir Mitzrayim. But let's just remember that it doesn't end there. The paragraph after Shema, 
both in the morning and at night, also graphically describes Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. If we just read the words in Ezra Savoseinu in the morning, in, uh, in Vemuna, Kalzos at night, we have the beautiful they went through we talk about it all the time we talk, focus on what the words mean so we're describing this week's parsha, and they say Moshe says to the Yam you see Paro today, you see the Mitzrayim you will never see them again Hashem has it covered Hashem's got you covered Rashi, Bishvilchem, Hashem is going to fight for you. Great. So they're not going to have to fight. Question. If we remember in a couple of Prakim, same Parsha, at the end of Bishalach, the Maftir, or before the Maftir, the Laini for Purim, we know, is the war with Amalek. War with Amalek. After Kriyas Yamsuf, after they travel, Vayavo Amalek, Vayilachem im Yisrael berifidim. And they fight with I'm Yisrael. Moshe Yeshua, and Moshe says, "Okay, Yeshua, get men, get soldiers. We have to fight." I'm going up to the Giva. taking the Matel. Yeshua went Moshe Aaron Achor went to the Rosh Giva. Moshe lifts up his hands, and there's a fight, and it's a serious war. Amalek, the first battle, the first fight that we went, and Vayachalosh Yehoshua Amalek and Yeshua wins the battle, Baruch Hashem. Why? The question is asked by the Shem Anatov, Rabbi Weinberger in his Agadah, in source number four. Why is it at the beginning of the Parsha, when we're at Kriyas Yamsuf, Hashem says, you don't have to do anything. I'll take care of it. I have it covered. Hashem yilochem lochem, v'yatem tacharishun. And in the same exact Parsha, later on, Amalek comes, and B'nai Yisrael have to fight. And B'nai Yisrael have to stand up for themselves. Moshe goes up to get everybody to Davin. Yoshua is actually fighting. Why? What's the difference? The Mitzrayim are coming and Amalek is coming. In the first one, Hashem says you don't have to do anything. The second one, I'll take, the first one, I'll take care of it. The second one, you have to fight. Obviously, Moshe got ready and Hashem didn't interrupt. Oh, don't worry about it. I, I, I have it covered. That's the question of the Shem and Atov. Says the Shem and Atov right here in source number four. Ah, Vadover, you can go to line eight. That's where he, uh, after he quotes the story. Vadover Ma'od Moksha. Dalama bimulchama rishona. Lot nemar losasu davar ela tacharishun. Kiashem yilachem lachem. Avokan utzroch litzavos liyoshu alavodu mulchama lamalik. Right, how do you put these two together? These two stories in the same parsha. Vizeu be'emes. To me, a social Yisro. This is partially what bothered Yisro. We're going to learn next week. Rashi, beginning of next week's parsha. Rashi quotes there the Gemara in Zvachim Kuftezayin about what Yisro heard when he came. Three different opinions in the Gemara. Rashi only quotes two of them. But what did Yisro hear? Shabbalis Karevli Yisrael when he came too close to Am Yisrael. He couldn't understand. Why? Why is it? But Yisrael was bothered. Why, why did Hashem say that to you? Right. That's Rashi next week's parsha. Yisrael mashmo shama uba shama kriyas yamsuf umilchamas hamalek. What's the deeper idea? How do you have both? They're opposites. They're opposite experiences. That's what bothered Yisrael possibly. Yisrael was like, what? 
I have to find out what's going on. And that's what motivated him to come. Hastira. To the Kriyas Yamsuf, Amar. Hashem Yilachem Lachem. Ulo Milchem Esamalek Amar Liyoshua. Lasesu Liyilachem. What's the difference in the dangers between Amalek and Mitzrayim? Why was Moshe? Why did Moshe separate between the two? So says the Shemanatov, This is something that we have to something that we have to uh, remember. Says the Shemanatov, Physical dangers and spiritual dangers. Similar to what we were talking about in source number, the Chavetz Chaim, earlier. Mitzrayim was a physical danger. Mitzrayim wanted to kill us. Mitzrayim wanted to throw us into the, into the Yam. That's what they wanted to do. The Imasakana Barak al Gufan Shal Yisrael. Yet, when there's a physical danger, we have to do our Ishtavos. We have to do everything we can. We have to have an army. We have to do what we can to protect ourselves. But ultimately, we have to realize and recognize that Hashem is doing most of it. Hashem is doing most of it. Ki Hashem yilachem lachem. V'hu megin al gufan shal Yisrael. How many nisim, with all the tragedies, how many nisim that we go through. We have no idea what the, what the umos ha'olam plan against us. Even more than we know. So ultimately, regarding the physical danger, Hashem protects us. We have to do our Ishtamus. But Hashem protects us, and that's what happened by the Yamsuf. B'nai Yisrael went up to the water. Nachshon went up to his nose. But ultimately, really, what's going on there is Hashem is protecting us. And we have to recognize that. Aval. Kshadavar nogeya. Lomashu yirat shamayim. Uluruchni is Yisrael. But when it comes to my spiritual state, I have to fight tooth and nail to protect myself. It's all me. Hakobi de Shamayim, Shamayim. I have to make sure I do everything. Hashem is there in the backgrounds. Habolatire Messiah in October, really, it's more up to me. I'm going to put myself in the Hashem Yazor. No. Chas v'shalom. Mechuyev kalecha luchem imsone Yisrael. Hachoshim lahaveres Yisrael midaitam umidatam umidaitam. Throughout our history, we have to stand up for our religion, for our spirituality. And that's what Amalek was. As we know, Amalek wasn't just interested in killing Jews. They were interested in killing Yahadus. As we know, Rashi tells us at the end of the parsha, Kiyod al Keska, right? One of the psukim we mentioned a couple of uh, two months ago from the Gra, one of the uh, psukim in Tanakh, five words in a row with two letters. End of our parsha, Kiyod al Keska. Why is case spelled case? Kise, share, throne, Hashem's throne. There's no aleph there. Why? Rashi quotes, because since Amalek came onto the scene, Hashem's name is not complete. Until Amalek is wiped off the earth. And that's what we daven every time we say Kaddish. Yiskadav Yiskadash, Shmei Rabbah. Let Hashem's name became great. What does that mean? We want Amalek to be gotten rid of. Memela, the Kisei, the throne, will get the Aleph, the Hashem back, clearly. And then we'll have peace in the world. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence will be recognized by all. But that's Amalek. Amalek wasn't just a physical danger. It's a spiritual danger. That's what Amalek symbolizes. And that is... 
the, the gematria, as we say, of Suffolk, Amalek is Suffolk, he brought doubt to the world, everybody was on fire, Rashi and Parshish Kiseitse, everybody was on fire with Emuna. they saw the Makas, they saw Kriyas Yapsuf, and Amalek says, no, he cooled everybody off, he cooled them off from Emuna. he brought that poison to spirituality, that Derech Mikra, right, things just happen, it's all Suffolk, so we quoted also in the past, from the, even the name Amalek, is an Am, it's an arm that Aleph Ein Mem Lamed Kuf. It's an arm that takes the top of the Lamed, the, the highest, the most amazing, the, the tallest letter in the Aleph base, and could schlep it down to the bottom of the Kuf. To make something exciting, something pedestrian, and something that's not exciting, and something that happens every day. That's the poison of Amalek. The poison of, obviously they want to kill us also, but it is the spiritual danger, and that's why, what's the symbolic nature? you got to fight. Moshe has his hands up. Yeshua has to go fight because when it comes to our ruchnius, we have to stand up for ourselves even more than we have to for our physical danger. For both, we have to do our ishtalbis. But we have to realize the ruchnius is even more, even more in our hands. Okay. Moving right along. Kriyas Yamsuf. Obviously the major, the major part of our parsha, the song, the beautiful song. There are many songs in Tanakh. This is probably the top one, the most famous one. Shiraz Dvora, uh, Shiraz Chana, and uh, the Shiraz Haber, Hazinu. Many different songs in Tanakh. Some are written in uh, uh, unique ways. But this is it. Az Yashir Moshe. Simple question. What was it needed for? Obviously it was needed to save us. But there was something qualitatively different about Kriyas Yamsuf that shadowed, that outshined all the Makos. They only sung Shira after Kriyas Yamsuf. Right? What was it about this miracle that was needed? What did it symbolize? And what was its purpose? And specifically, we say it every morning. Vayar Yisrael, right, the Pasuk right before, the lead-in to the Shira. Vayar Yisrael, all of Yisrael saw. Es hayad agdola asher asa Hashem b'Mitzrayim. Vayiru ha'am es Hashem. Vayamidu b'Hashem b'Moshe Avdo. Not beforehand. Only now. Only now the entire nation believed. Why not earlier? What was the problem earlier? Right here, right, this is the only pasta that's mentioned, where Moshe's name is mentioned in the Agadah. But what is it about Kriyas Yamsuf? Why was it needed? What was its purpose? So, somebody we've never quoted from before, Rav Zalman Malamit. It's the Rosh Hashiva of Beit El. He has a Sefer Lazman Azeh. So this is a p- p- part of one of his drushes that he gave. He gave on Yom HaTzmud and Tavshin Nundalid. He gave the following pshat about our story of Harshad B'Shalach, right, the founder of the Beit El Yeshiva. Source number five. A Talmud of Rav Yehuda. Azeatach agagnu et chaga pesach. Vechivinu mechadesh es kriyas yamsuf. Let me explain a little bit about kriyas yamsuf. And it's something, what he is going to, the pshat that he's going to give in kriyas yamsuf is something that applies adayom azeh. Rachman al-Itzlan. We're victims to what he says. He said it 20 years ago. But adayom azeh. And I just gave you a piece of the drasha. He caused a Mitzrayim be'esra makos. Hashem hit the Mitzrayim with ten makos. Amuda anon va'amuda eish movila mosar la midbar. 
Yesh chalakim ba'am. There were some Jews. Acharei kol anisim. And we already know this from Makas Choshech. Four-fifths of the Jewish people were killed. Makas Choshech. After eight Makos, there was still some that weren't fully in the realm of Emuna. Says Rav Malamit. There were some people, some of the Am that were already there. Dov Kubo, Emuna, totally they were there. Moshe Hashem, awesome. Vigamba Moshe Haminu. But there were others amongst the Jews that had a different attitude. The fact that we were in a foreign country, which we have seen so often in our history, the fact that we were there for so many years, affected us, affected some of the Jewish people. Paula Paula Chazaka Alehem. Acha Afilu Beesazos. Achreamakos Lotzlichulishtachremi Mena. They couldn't free themselves from a certain mentality. What mentality? It's related to that Ebenezer we mentioned earlier. Hey Mitchakula Kitos Kitos Vaivikuchim, there were arguments. You know, if we leave, if we leave, they're gonna chase after us. If we leave, it's, it's going to be worse. Whenever there was a Makkah, you know what? There was some, a lot of the Jews believed, but there were some Jews, he suggests, that, that were even more scared than before the earlier Makkos. You know, now the Mitzrayim are really going to be upset at us. Is this the way, is this the way to do it? Is this the way to bring Geula? To punish them? To victimize them? Heim chashashu shachshava Mitzrayim, turning the page... This is, they're going to cause us more problems. No, why should we do this? Let's just leave. Right? Whenever he brought another Maka and another Maka, there were those that were toain that it's getting worse. This is not the way to do it. It's too much. It's too harsh. They threw our babies into the Nile River. They wanted, uh, they, they persecuted us for more than 200 years. But there were some Jews that he said in that time that said, no, maybe we shouldn't be too harsh on them. Maybe it's now like, Heim chashish yusha olam kulo yiskomeim negadam Yisrael. The year dovosor redivos kashas. The whole world is going to think negatively of us. If we do this to the Mitzrayim, how can we do this to the Mitzrayim? They want to kill us? They hate us? Yeah, but still, how can we do this? This is exactly what they said. What did Bnei Yisrael, what did the Mitzrayim say? Shem Tavu Bayam. Mitzrayim Tanu. Shekiblu. And this is what the Tsar of Mitzrayim says in the Midrashim. We gave them an Achsanya for 200 years. They had a place to live. Right? Rashi even quotes that in Parshish Kisethi, if you're a member. Why? We have a little Hakar Satov to the Mitzrayim. After a couple of generations, they're allowed in to Am Yisrael. Why? Because they gave us a place to live. But the Mitzrayim turn it on their head and say, Yes, how can you give us any punishment? They take everything. Gam line 10. 
There were some Jews that identified with the enemy. They identified, again, with these people. Paro bathed in Jewish blood. He killed and killed and killed until he had enough blood to, to fill up a bath. We have to remember who the Mitzrayim were. But there were those that said, this is not the Derech. The Derech is, let's try to figure out a different path. You know, to... You have to understand where they're coming from. You have to understand where they're, why they're doing it. To try the, to try to understand that, you know, their, 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 their background. Skip down, line 25. When there's a hashkafa like this, when we take murderers and try to give them the benefit of the doubt, when we take people who are enemies, Rachmanulah's laughed throughout history, there are enemies. If we ever try to try to be on their side, Koma, obviously, not in a cruel way, but in a defensive way. That's always the Jewish way. Koma shiikra lo yazar. If somebody has the opposite ashkafa of the way isn't to fight, the way is to try to, you know, in other resolutions, any way that you talk to them is not going to help. Every nase could be, you know, we shouldn't do it this way. We shouldn't do it this way. They're the victim and we're the aggressor. How many times have we heard that? It's the media. Throughout history, the Jew has been the aggressor and the enemy of the Jew has been the victim in every century through since the Chorban Beis Hamikdash. So how do you help? How do you help the situation? How could Hakadosh Baruch Hu drive out this mentality? He needs an Am. He needs an Am Yisrael to come to Kabbalah Satora. Skip down. But how do you do that? You have to give some type of shock. You have to do something so awesome that the whole world would like stop for a minute, for a few seconds. And then when everybody gets back to their senses, it'll be like a restart button. It'll be a restart button. When you reboot, sometimes the computer is frozen or the phone is frozen. So what do we always do? You turn it off. You turn it off, you turn it back on. That always helps. Right? That's what we always say. Or, or that, right? we're, we're so angry at the, at the computer, at the phone. We turned it, something happened. It, it got into a bad, a bad rut. Okay, turn it off, start again. That's what Hashem had to do somehow. He had to start again. He had to have a, have a new creation. We're so confused. He had to do something to change the whole psychology, the whole, the whole physical and in that way, start again. And that's exactly what Kriyas Yamsuf was. Bring everybody to a situation where everyone realizes, Ain Brera. Everybody realizes they think they're going to die. They think that there is no hope. And they realize who the Mitzrayim really are. What are the Mitzrayim doing? There's the Yamsuf in front. And the Mitzrayim are saying, drive him into the sea, drive him into the sea. And they realize there's only one way to turn, and that's up. 
unbelievable medrash that gives the graphic imagery. Sort line 22. The Medrash gives the mashal. What was Am Yisrael compared to at that moment? You have a dove that's flying around that's being chased by a predatory bird. A predatory bird, whatever it is, a vulture. A, I know vultures chase doves, but whatever. The predator is chasing the dove, and the dove finally sees a crevice in the rock to go hide in. And the Yonah is about to go in, and the Yonah sees that there's a snake lying in wait, ready to pounce on the dove, right when the dove goes into the crevice. So this predatory bird is coming from the sky. The snake is in the crevice, and this little Yonah is in the middle. That was the moments before Kriyas Yamsuf. Am Yisrael were there. They're Mitzrayim on the one side, the Yamsuf on the other side. What's going to be? They see the Mitzrayim, the true colors of the Mitzrayim, of the enemies of the Jews throughout history. And at that moment, Hashem does Kriyas Yamsuf, the greatest divine revelation that had ever taken place in the history of the world and that has ever taken place since then. And at that moment, it was a shock. And after that, restart. One could even say, <laughs> Kriyas Yamsuf was a new beginning out of water. He doesn't say this. We'll add this in though. The world started, It was all water, and Hashem created out of the water. The Sefer HaChinuch says, what's the idea of a mikvah? What's the idea of becoming tar, going to a mikvah? We go into a mikvah. When we come out of a mikvah, we're recreated. We're a totally new person. When we come out of a mikvah, because that's water. What does it remind us of, says the chinuch? A baby in the amniotic fluid. In a mother. And right when a baby is born, coming out of the water. That's a bria. That's a creation. And that's what happened at Kriyas Yamsuf. Hashem recreated. The world was new after the Mabal also. Whenever there has to be a new time. And from that, hopefully, Am Yisrael will be ready for the next stage of Maimon Arsini. No more commiserating. No more feeling bad for a Rodef. If there's a Rodef, the whole Mitzrayim will Rodefim. When there's a Rodef, that's not the time for mercy. Right, the Gemara tells us in Yuma, if somebody has Rachmanis on a Rodef, on somebody who's trying to kill you, on somebody who deserves to be punished, they're going to end up having Achzarius on Racham. Right, we learned that from Shola Melech. He had Rachmanis on Amalek, and later on he massacred the whole city of Nov. Right, so we have to. Right, Jews are Rachmanim by Shonim Agomli Chasadim. But when people are out there, our enemy, we have to realize who they are. And that's what Rav Malamid says. But especially then, Kodesh Baruch Hu did that in order to show us the way, show us Kriyas Yamsuf, have us born again, and in that way be able to be ready for Maimed Harsinai. That's what he says on line 7, 17, on the next, in source number 8. Kodesh Baruch Hu, Molech Osan, Ladera Kazos, Shehila Lomotza, Lemei Kriyas Yamsuf Chadasha. He even says at the end, there are so many times in our history, he says this 20 years ago, but even until Mamish today, we feel like there's there's no there's no answer. We feel like there's no there's no way to control. 
the enemies that want to get rid of us, that just like then, they want to drive us into the sea. But maybe, he says, hopefully, this is leading up to a Kriyas Yamsuf. It's leading up to an unbelievable revelation where we're going to feel, right? The Gemara says, Mashiach is going to come behesachadas. When we, there's no other way. There's no other choice. When we all look to Shemayim and realize that that's the only way. That will be the Zazua. That will be the shock. Which then will be able all to partake of the Geula. Okay. Moving right along. So we have Az Yashir. We're not going to focus on that this year. We have the story of Mara right after Az Yashir. And then in Perak Tazayin, we have the Mun. The Mun, let's focus on the Mun this year. The Mun is falling. What happens? B'nai Yisrael complain. We don't have any food. Hashem says, don't worry about it. Perak Tazayin Pasig Dalid. I'm going to get you bread from heaven. Right, It's going to fall out, fall double on Friday, and Moshe and Aaron go, and they tell everybody, fine. Question. Asks the grandfather of the Chida. Rav Mursky, in the third volume of Hegyoni Halacha, quotes this from the Chesed Lavram, the grandfather of the Chida. Two questions. And the great message that he's going to tell us is that one question answers the other question. Question number one. Hikshar of Avramazuloi, Sabu Shalachida. Lama Pasak Haman, Bikinisasam Shal Yisra Allah Aretz. Lama Barat Yisra, Yigara Behem Arbana Ruchani. The man was awesome. The man was amazing. It fell for 40 years. So why did it have to stop when we went into Eretz Yisrael? Why did it stop? Stop Mamish right then. It's not even beforehand. With the death of Moshe Rabbeinu on Zion Adar. So why, why couldn't we get the man in Eretz Yisrael too? Various answers given to that question. But that's number one. Va'od Hakshos. And I have another question, which is not as popular a question, but it's also about the man. Al etzem yiridas haman. Lama asa imahem akadish baruchu neis. Shumi chuz together ateva. Why did Hashem choose to bring the food down in this way? Mon falling from heaven. Why did Hashem do a different nace, which would have been less of a open nace? We always know Hashem doesn't like to do open nisim, so to speak. So why did He just make grass and trees and fruit grow in the midbar? So you're right, a midbar is not a place where things usually grow. But that would have been less of an ace. Just have things grow in the midbar. Make it fertile. Make it fertile. There's even a discussion. The Arachayim HaKadosh talks about this in one place. We know all the malachos of Shabbos were learned out from the Mishkan. Right, whatever they did in the Mishkan, we're not allowed to do on Shabbos. So the question is, the first couple of malachos, were they Zoreya in the Mishkan? In the midbar? They were Zoreya? They were Choresh? They were Kotzer? They didn't do any of that. They got the man. Right? So that's a question. The Arachayim HaKadosh, maybe, maybe there was. Maybe the Be'er of Miriam, there's a, there's a Arachayim that says that watered every, the area around it. Okay, but not for now. So two questions. Number one, why the man stopped falling when they went into Eretz Yisrael? Number two, why didn't Hashem just make vegetation in the desert where they were? Says the Chesed Lavram line seven. Beautiful. You know what Hashem's point was here? 
He wanted to give Am Yisrael spiritual food. Kadosh food. Ki HaKadosh Baruch Hu Bikesh LaHavliyah Be'evaram Shal Yisrael Mikdush Aso. Hashem wanted to give them, again, this is the first food in history, He wanted it to be Kadosh. If he would make things grow in the Midbar, so that would just be regular fruit growing in Chutzlaaretz. Doesn't have Kedusha. It's not spiritual food. He could have done that, but that's not what he wanted to do. If something grows in Chutz Laaretz, there's no mitzvahs related to it. It doesn't have kedusha. Ki ena guf hatamei naasekli lekabaruchni es hakedusha. So Hashem didn't want to do that. He wanted to give us the man, because the man is lechem in Hashemayim. The man is kadosh wherever it would come from. If man fall, go, uh, falls in uh, anywhere in Africa, the man is from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So the man has kedusha. So Hashem gave them man. When they came into Eretz Yisrael, they didn't need the man. Because anything that grows naturally in Eretz Yisrael is just like the man. It has Kedusha as well. Aval Eretz Yisrael Eretz HaKodeshi Vashchina Shochenes Pesocha Pzura Bechal HaAretz Vaosa Ruchni Yishoisa Beman Nislabsha Beperos Eretz Yisrael Hayonkim Kedusha Zashchina Unbelievable. Why did, why the mandafka? Because Hashem wanted to give Ruchni a type of food. And we didn't need that in Eretz Yisrael. We didn't need that in Eretz Yisrael. I think we might have quoted once before the amazing story of Ramon in his Sefer on Shemitah quotes a story that he was once. Again, we might not be on this level, but it's a great story. Right? That's the Lashon. The story of the apple. Right? He says he was once in Eretz Yisrael. It's on a, on a, on a trip. And he goes into a store and he's hungry. He picks up an apple. Picks up an apple. And all of a sudden he thinks to himself. He says, Arl, Trumus and Miserus? No, not Trumus. No issue. Shvius, Shmita? No, not, nothing to Shmita. Because starts going through the list. Starts going through everything. He says after he came to the end of his, his Machshavis, after nothing, he said he lost his appetite. He put the apple down and walked out of the store. It was just an empty apple. There was nothing else in it. That's Rav Rimon. He could be on the level of recognizing the Kedusha. But it's not just Rimon. It's a Bach. The Bach, we mentioned in the past, the Bach points out, we say that every time we say an Alamechia, Vinocha Mipirya, Vinisla Mituva, we recognize that the, the fruits of Eretz Yisrael are a different type of fruit. It has inherent Kedusha. The Klayakar says it as well. The next page, the Klayakar in Pasha's Pinchas, the Klayakar, <coughs> amazing, amazingly, gives a svara. Why is it that Trumas and Maestros only have to be given in Eretz Yisrael and not in Chutzlaretz? Why? Says the Klayakar. We know there's another difference between Eretz Yisrael and, let's say, Mitzrayim. What's the difference? We know Chazal tell us. We don't need Chazal for this. You can just look in the world. Eretz Yisrael relies on rain. Right? We need rain. We don't have rain. So then we're, we're in trouble. Mitzrayim had the Nile. Mitzrayim had the irrigation from the Nile, and mm-hmm. that was a big difference. That's, that was why they worshipped the Nile. Says the Klayakar. In Chutzla Aret, symbolized by Mitzrayim, it comes from the Nile. 
So what do I do? The water is in the Nile. I schlep the water all over to all the different areas of my country. So I basically did all the work. So therefore, I don't have to give Chumas and Maisaris to the servants of HaKadosh Baruch because, so to speak, I did all the work. But in Eretz Yisrael, it rains. HaKadosh Baruch is Mishtatev in the Avoda. HaKadosh Baruch also takes part. So it's only ra'uy, it's only fitting, says the Kleyakar, that we give some portion to God's workers, to the Kohanim and the Levim. Aval Be'eretz Yisrael, line 6, Shakshamim Yardim Shambi'itam, Ve'en Lubal Asad HaKogach Torah Gadol. Yes, we have to rely on the rain, which makes it more uh, worrisome sometimes. But once the rain falls, it's easier than doing the irrigation from the Nile. So therefore, Mikal Makam Yishkam LaKadosh Baruch Hu Chelek Pesada, and therefore, he gives the chelek. We have to give a chelek to the Kohanim. But again, the fruit of Eretz Yisrael, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a chelek in creating them. And that's why it has Kedusha. And that's why it's different. We didn't need the man in Eretz Yisrael. Because anything that comes from Eretz Yisrael has Kedusha itself is just like the man. Okay. Let's get one more thought on the Parsha, and then we'll end off with a thought on Tu Bishvat as well. Be'ezus Hashem. Okay, a Ramban, a Ramban. The Ramban's a la Torah. Again, one has to go through every Ramban, but we'll try to get through them over the years as many as we can. First of all, the Ramban points out, source number 11, two points in the Ramban. The first is a smaller point. The next is a larger point. We have the last section in the Parsha, as we know, the Melchama with Amalek. What does Moshe do? He tells Yehoshua, to go fight the war, and he's going to go up on the on the Giv'ah. So the Ramban just has uh, Ha'ara. It must be that Moshe already had changed his name at this point. Right? We read Parsha Shlach, Hoshea, Yehoshua, the Yud, from Sarai and Sarah. So the Ramban just points out, it must be that he did it very early in, his, in the history. Because already here... Moshe is calling him Yoshua, unless what, the Torah is only saying it, Al-Shema Asid. Pastor says the Ramban, no. It must be that he did it earlier. He did it earlier. Vakasuf Shamar Binyan Amaraglim, Eikrat Moshe, Yoshua Binyan Yoshua, Libari Shona Yedaber, pointing that out. Number one. Number two, asked the Ramban. The battle that took place with Amalek is very graphically described. Not graphic in terms of gory, graphic in terms of what happened. Yoshua Binun goes and gathers the troops, and he goes and fights. And Moshe goes up and he stands on the mountain. Aaron and Hur are holding up his hands. Moshe is holding up his hands. And we know the mission in Rosh Hashanah, when Israel looked at Moshe's hands, they davened. And everything was great. When he put down his hands, what's, this, what's the message? It seems very symbolic. The whole activity and even ceremonious so it seems like something's deeper going on here than just a battle being fought. Says the Ramban, there's, there's a deeper thing going on here. First, the Ramban says, maybe on a practical level, we're not going to read it inside to save time, on a practical level, says the Ramban, maybe Moshe was just scared. He was scared. Remember, Kriyas Yamsev wasn't so long ago, and the Jews were scared. These weren't warriors. These weren't fighters. They were slave mentality. Amalek is a strong army. So Moshe was nervous. Just on a practical level, he was nervous. What was going to be? That's why he davened very hard. But then there's a deeper idea, says the Ramban. 
This was the first battle. Amalek was the first battle Am Yisrael ever fought. And the Ramban doesn't use the law shown here. But he definitely means, as the Ramban says often in Sefer Bracious, Maisa of a similar This is the first battle, says the Ramban, and this is going to be the last battle that we'll need to fight. Line 20. V'yitachein. Shepachad Moshe. Moshe was nervous. Pen yisgaber v'charbo mibrei hayoso am nochel acherev. Mi birchas hazakein. Sh'amar lo v'alchar v'chatichya. He was nervous that the promise given to Esav was going to be fulfilled. Who's Esav? Esav's Amalek's father. Um, Esav and the, the first Pasuk in Vayishlach. Esav and Timna had Amalek. That's Esav. Ki amelchama min amishpacha azos hi harishona vehoacharona li Yisrael. The first and the last melchama. Ki amalek mizera Esav. Umi menu ba elenu hamelchama bereshis hagayim. Umi zaro shal Esav hayolanu agolas vachorben achron. Who destroyed Bayesheni? The Romans. The Romans are Edom and Esav. All the Gullus. This is all Gullus. It's all Gullus Edom. That's the ultimate. And that's what Moshe was doing. The Ramban writes, 800 years ago. Up there. Symbolizing his stance in battle. What's he thinking about? Va'alu Moshiim Bahar Sion Lishpotas Har Esav. Amalek coming from Esav, Isla Shemamalucha. He's thinking about Geula. The first battle Moshe has in mind, the later battle. And that's why Yehoshua, Yeshua is the one that's able to fight Amalek, right? Yeshua, Menashe Nephraim, Imaim Barishona, Yasu Elio, Mashiach Ben Yosef, Imzaram, Akenit Amit Moshe Bedavar. Moshe went beyond. To make sure this battle is won, because he has a lot on his mind for the future. Okay, one final point. Source number 12, 13, 14. This is a, uh, a lengthy piece from Elihe Moadai, Rav Schlesinger's Svarim, Rav Elio Schlesinger from Gilo, uh, on Moadim. I gave you the first part of it, but he has a whole second part of it. But I'll just say the idea, it's a beautiful idea related to Tubishvat. Tubishvat's about trees. About trees, we know the Pazak tells us towards the end of the Torah, Ki Ha'adam Man is compared to trees. There are certain tchunot, there are certain attributes about trees that if we focus on, they could teach us something about ourselves. We're going to do two. He has about five. But we're going to mention two. Number one, what's the difference between a tree and what we might call a vegetable in halacha? When do you say a bari priya eight and when do you say a bari priya dama? It does not go by how high the item is, because we know a banana grows all the way up high and we make a dama on a banana. So what's the difference? So the halacha is, it depends if gizo machlif or ain't gizo machlif. What does that mean? If the tree lives throughout the year, and yet produces fruit only during the season, that's a tree. An apple tree is an apple tree in the winter. It's just that every season it produces an apple. A potato patch is dead in the winter. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. So that's not a tree. A banana tree is totally dried out during the winter. 
totally dried out. So it's physically there, but it's not really there. Halachically, it's not there. That's why you make Adama. So number one, tchuna of, number one attribute of a tree is it's always alive. Sometimes the fruit come out, sometimes the fruit don't come out. Number one. Number two, second attribute of a tree. A tree is the only item in the entire universe, in the entire world that functions against gravity. Everything else, right, a person, right, we can't, we jump, we, we, we fall down. An animal jumps up, an animal has to jump down. An animal could climb a tree, but ultimately if it was in the air, it goes down. A tree grows up and stays up. A tree goes against gravity. And not only the tree, we know roots. The roots go all the way down, but what happened? Nutrients go up the roots, into the tree, through the branches, against gravity. How, how does the... Again, Akkadosh Baruch created it. We want to go up high against gravity, we have to climb onto a tree. Because that's what lifts us up. Second attribute. Again, there's a lot more, but let's suffice it with two. What's the message? Cesar Schlesinger. Kia Adam The Pintaliyid. A Jew is always alive. A Jew always has that koach of growth. The koach to produce. The koach to give off fruit. Sometimes it's the winter. Sometimes the doesn't look like we're producing anything. Sometimes it doesn't feel like we're producing anything. But that's just because it's the winter. There's going to come a time when the blossoming comes out. There's going to come a time when we'll see it all. But that's the koach of every person. We have it. It's alive in us. The potential is inside of us. We just have to use it. We have to bring it out. And not only that, building on this, sometimes we have to go against the grain. Sometimes we have to go, have to go against the world around us. Everybody can be doing one thing and we have to do something else. We mentioned in the past Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe is called Minamayimishisiu. He's the anti-water. Water conforms to whatever container water is put in. Moshe Rabbeinu is the anti-water. He does what's right because he knows what's right. That's what a Jew has to do. Avram Ha'ivri. Ivri. He has to stand on the other side. Ever Hanahar. Because we have to be like a tree. We have to go against gravity. We have to go up. We have to use that power that Hashem gives us to stand up for our principles, to be able to, to function in this way. And that's why we mention Tu B'Shvat always comes out in the dead of winter. Not really the dead of winter. It's supposed to be the spring. But really it's cold. It's hard for us to imagine. Springtime, when it's cold and dreary, especially in Chutz Laaretz. But that's the message. The secret is to remember we have it inside of us. We have it. We could do it just like a tree could do it. And there are other messages. A tree gives off shade. A tree is mashpia. There's other messages of a tree too. But let's get all the messages of Tubishvat. Let's get all the messages of, of the roots going out. And the deeper the roots are, the stronger the tree. And you can keep going with this, uh, this uh, mashal. But either way, let's make sure that we realize all the kochos that we have inside of us and capitalize on it every day. Okay, we'll stop here.